Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, The Lakers Fast Break, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. Well, Josh has taken a week off. He's going to take care of some things behind the scenes here at Pop Culture Cosmos. I have some great interviews lined up. First up, we've got Rob McCallum from Zero Cool Films talking all of his current projects, including Box Heart the docuseries, action figure adventure, and his latest documentary in production based on the children's television series in Canada, Mr. Dress Up. He's going to get you up to speed on who exactly was Mr. Dress Up and why he was so important, even to this day, to our friends in Canada. But first, let's get into it as we catch up with the always busy Rob McCallum from Zero Cold Films. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos. Cannot thank everyone enough for listening to all of our great shows. And I'll tell you what, he must have heard me talking about him on our previous program. But he's back again. He is the world famous director. Well, at least I hope he's world famous. He's got not one, not two, but three great projects on the way. Well, at least the ones that I know of. I'm probably losing track here. But that would include Box Art, the docuseries, also as well Action Figure Adventure, and a new one, which I was just made aware of not too long ago, that is getting more widespread notoriety, more interest for altogether different reasons. And that is the Mr. Dress Up documentary. And it is the document himself that I know, my good friend, Mr. Rob McCallum. What's up, man? I'm worried about what you've said in previous episodes to conjure me at this point. Usually it's like the Beetlejuice effect. You must have said my name three times and now here I am. You've unleashed me for what is sure to be an arguable experience. It always is when you're here. But you know why I mentioned your name is because, well, you know why. You were, we and I were I talking know. about a social, social media earlier today. The Snyder Cut being released, which... Ah. You know, your opinions are different from mine on Justice League, and I basically said yeah, that. Yeah, it's show. awful. Yeah, you thought it was awful. I thought it was eh, and, you know, you ripped me apart. Which is pretty much, if it's not great, if it's not yay, it's blah. Okay, well, I thought it was eh. You could say blah. I could say eh. I think I'm on day 82 of isolation. Everything right now is a little bit blah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But you are being a good man, staying at home and all that. One of the things I wanted to ask you, of course, was about all about your documentary that's coming out, Mr. Dress Up Documentary. But before I do, that's the big prize right there for you because that's the one that's oh, gaining that's the most notoriety. Yes, a little tease. Okay. How's Box Art the docuseries doing? It's great. There, there, first of all, there's a lot of things going on. You've, you've dropped the URL, robmccallumfilms.com. And see, this is how long it's been since you and I have actually talked. Because if you were to go to robmccallumfilms.com, you would not find com. You'd be redirected to another site, to another shingle that I'm housing everything under now, and that's part of Zero Cool Films, which is the brand that I'm building with Justin Schoenrock that houses some of the productions that we're talking about now. So everything is being kind of moved under one banner, so to speak, because I've got a first-look deal, as they say in the business, with uh, Zero Cool Films. So they will be at least uh, in one capacity 
the U.S. distribution part of, of my films and a television series that I'm creating and producing. So that's the first point. Now, to your actual question about video game box art, the stories behind the covers, the exciting docu-series that examines uh, video game cover art, there's lots going on. We have signed distribution papers for uh, a lot of cool things to happen, but I can't say who has taken on the licensing for it just yet. I know, I know, it's not Michael. You're it's the ultimate me, tease, man. You're the ultimate tease, I'm telling you. It's not me. The company that did take it on has also took on Action Figure Adventure outside of Canada. And again, I can't say anything. All I can say is that these are good people from everything we can tell. We had a really great uh, in-person meeting with them and they get the pop culture space very much. So we're excited to have not one, not two, but actually three projects with them because they've also taken the rights to the Kitty Concert Doc film that I made as well that shows the reunion. So again, Gerald, we haven't talked for a while, but lots of things are happening. They're brewing, baby. It's hot in here. Hey, so, I still run the ad for Kitty every now and then. So well, there, there you go. go. Every now and then it gets out there, which is on Tubi now, by the way, if people want to check it out for free. They can check out that documentary and see what's what in the world of Kitty and how that band came to be. Yeah, so Boxer is good. We're going to get a massive push and a lot more people are going to see us. So it's not available right now, depending on when you're listening to this awesome interview. If this is a legacy listen, it could be available. I would search out Video Game Boxer and see if you can find it. Well, you can find it today or more information about it at Zero Cool Films. Well, there's also Action Figure Adventure, which I know is something that... Yeah is near and dear to your heart as I'm looking right behind your yourself and seeing all that on the wall right there as far as the action figures are concerned. Yes, yeah. an action figure adventure does hail from Zero Cool as well. So this is definitely one of those properties. It's a bit of a spiritual successor to Nintendo Quest, as you know, and it features our mutually good collaborative friend, Mr. Jay Bartlett, who's on a quest to create the ultimate action figure auction all in the name of charity. So he's fronting the cash and then goes, you know, around the entire country and beyond to see what kind of cool action figures he can get to put into this charity auction. And I don't know if you caught our live stream yesterday, Gerald, but we just had big news about it. Because, of course, we were planning this big, you know, in-person uh, hubbub event to do with all these people. And we're going to give them paddles and we're going to have an auctioneer. But then this thing happened in the world that kind of discourages people from being close to one another. So we had to figure out alternative arrangements. And so we decided that we're going to do this as a big online broadcast event akin to a sports draft or an award show where we'll have a host and a panel of uh, analysts breaking down every item that comes up with the auctions pre-timed and set up about a week before. And you basically get to join the live broadcast as the time ticks down on the 10 key items that Jay has sought out for this auction and uh, you too can bid on them. And we'll obviously share some information with you and our listeners when we get it locked down a bit more, but August 13th, 8 PM, seven central is the time to check it out on the East coast. And obviously do the math on the West coast, 5 PM. Some of these items could be yours and then you get to have this and then you can watch the series and see the story behind the item itself. How great is that? That's awesome. You get to, to me. be the next chapter. Yeah, it could be the next chapter. How's he been doing, by the way? I see his videos all the time on the Jay Bartlett YouTube channel, talking about a lot of different things, including obviously action figures and whatnot. So, 
How's he been doing? How's he been taking in all this as compared to what he was dealing with with Nintendo Quest? Because Nintendo Quest, uh, you had it, the power tour, and you guys went around the country, and you were, you were guys were going ahead and doing all that to promote the film. It's been different this time around. It's been very different. I mean, the, the first big thing is that we were able to enter into a pre-buy situation before we had finished cutting much of it. We basically finished our trailer in December and sold it to Super Channel Jinx Esports TV up in Canada for the broadcast rights. And then, like I said, we uh, have already negotiated the, the rest of the world with another distributor, whom we can't name, but you'll be excited to hear when we can for that. And so we're finishing it up. It's it's a completely different thing. We don't have to have as many boots to the gra ground, although we did have big plans to appear at certain cons that obviously have been shelved. And so... We can't say too much about that because the plans are over now, but we did have plans to make some, you know, trips around. And of course we would have filmed those trips and shown some episodes and got some reaction and, you know, what, what we what do, do, it's who we are. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, Check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, once again, I'm talking to my good friend, Rob McCallum. You can check out a lot of what he's doing and a lot of what he's done at ZeroCoolFilms.com, which I just actually have right up here on one of my other tabs. So... It is something that you go ahead and check out today, his entire listing of all of his great stuff that he has available at ZeroCoolFilms.com. But obviously it's the main quite, it's, I should say it's not quite live yet. Well, I'm looking it at it right now. It seems kind, of, seems kind of live to me. Oh, yeah? Well, that's interesting. Okay, I see I'll like a, you know, I see Leonardo there. It looks pretty good. See, you know, see yeah. stuff like that. See films. Maybe the guys along. flipped the switch and I didn't know about it. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'll have to yeah. talk to them about that. Yeah, see, there's, there's stuff right there popping up. Missing Mom, the Kitty, docu the Kitty Documentary, oh. Power Grayskull. It's all right there. Says, well, I, I know the stuff more. is there. I'm just, just waiting for it. Oh, okay, there you go. Okay, yeah, hey, look, it's, there's, it's, there's it's stuff live, happening. Oh. It's it's stuff yeah. happening indeed. It's right there for you. It says, See what happens London, when you delve into the world of collaboration? People actually do the work. This is weird. This is weird indeed, I'm this telling is, you. This is looking uh, pretty good here. These guys have done a pretty good job. I like that. That they have. Like that they have. It's really nice and slick looking. I think people should check it out at zerocoolfilms.com. But the main event for today is something that I have had yet to speak to you about, but I've been watching from afar, and I'm noticing that you are getting more interest on this project than any other, including Nintendo Quest, <laughs> including Missing Mom. And I was actually asking you over DM, and you, you were telling me that you've gotten more interest in this project than you know, all your stuff combined, basically. So I want to hear your thoughts on exactly why the Mr. Dress-Up documentary is getting so much notoriety and acclaim. Well, I mean, you've got to know what Mr. Dressup is. Exactly. First of all. So. And, Enlighten uh, me. I'll, I will. I'm, I'm about to. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here I go. Okay. Uh, the Enlightenment, the Age of Enlightenment has begun. Okay. Mr. Dressup is a uh, preschool kids program in Canada that aired from 1967 to 1996, and then an additional 10 years in reruns. He's essentially, people kind of compare him to Mr. Rogers, but the Canadian version. 
funny enough, they were best friends. And Mr. Dressup is the titular character portrayed by Ernie Coombs, who studied under Fred Rogers and worked on Mr. Rogers' uh, Children's Corner show. And Mr. Rogers originally came to Canada to do a show just called Mr. Rogers. And then he eventually left and returned to Pittsburgh to do Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So that's kind of where Ernie Coombs comes from. And because it was on for such a long time in Canada, it's kind of like as loved as hockey is in Canada. It's just a really big deal. Everybody knows Mr. Dressup. It impacted more than five generations. Uh, and it's all about, you know, uh, imaginative play. So every the staple of every program would be a story that Mr. Dressup acts out and he would go into the tickle trunk, which was like a bottomless Mary Poppins-like idea where he would reach into the tickle trunk and pull out whatever costume was in there and then tell a story, whether it's Jack and the Beanstalk or Billy Goat's Gruff or any number of things. Mm-hmm. And so that would be the, the staple segment that would always close out the narrative. There, he was an excellent artist and illustrator, so you'd sometimes see him at the drawing board drawing things, and there'd be some games that he'd play while drawing a picture, or he would create crafts out of simple household objects. And sometimes he would just read a story. Uh, and he had some puppet companions as well, and of course I love puppetry, so the, you know, instantly hooked as a kid. Uh, I think what makes it work as a show is that it's the ultimate child fantasy. Uh, it's basically a loving parent spending, you know, uninterrupted time with a child, which is the puppet in this case. But the, And it's everything any child would ever want, whether it's now or then, it doesn't matter. Every kid just wants their, you know, their dad or their mom's uninterrupted attention where you're playing with them on their level, and that's what that show represents. It's it's very mindful, it's thoughtful, it's kind, it's humble, it's humorous, it's silly, um, but it's, you know, still respectful. And, you know, for Canada, it is a massive deal. And so why is it going over like gangbusters? I mean, a lot of it is because Mr. Rogers has had so much attention in recent years between, you know, the two uh, films that came out, the documentary and the narrative, and so everybody in Canada instantly, because of the comparison, said, well, where's the Mr. Dressup documentary? And so, like I've been doing as of late, we have been producing this and shooting this for the last year, kind of in secret. And so when the Tom Hanks film came out, everybody was like, oh, where's the Mr. Dressup thing? I was thinking, oh, my God, I want to say something so bad because everybody's going to go nuts. And sure enough, when we were able to announce it and kind of, you know, take the lid off the, the can of secrecy, Everybody has been embracing it very, very, very well. I mean, to see how crazy people are going on Facebook is just mind-blowing on its own, let alone what it's like talking to some of these people and interacting with some of these people. So it's going over really well. Well, when you go and let's say you're out on the streets in the U.S. and you were to talk to someone and describe to them the popularity of Mr. Dress Up in Canada, because, you know, as someone who grew up in Canada he's obviously the icon that you know and you're familiar with from your childhood how important was he to your culture oh he's everything he is the preschool show uh for kids I mean there there are a handful of others and Sesame Street would be one of them but Mr. Dressup is the show you go from Mr. Dressup to Hockey Night in Canada that's it that's the only transition that's all there is that's Canada Like, like that's how it is it is everything you know from mr dress up to guys fighting with their you know in their jersey and then you know checking into the boards and all that that's kind of funny kind of funny the transition but yes 
uh, there's more to do in Canada than just Mr. Dress Up and hockey. Come on, man. Come there's on. maple syrup as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Your country is an awesome country, my friend. My wife has enjoyed her time there. Uh, you guys got a lot more going on than just those three things. Oh, well, maybe. But you know what? It's easy <laughs> to stick to the three. Our international comrades understand the three, and we don't need to go beyond. The rest is our secret. Now, do you go into the background, which you described already, you know, as far as learning? And, and I don't want to say an under. Would you say it classified as an understudy to Mr. Rogers early on, or would you yeah, describe it as something more? He, he, he came up literally as his assistant, you know, and, and a collaborator. So it was very much, uh, you know, uh, learning the same kind of things the direct address, the camera, the, the calm tone, the, the, you know, treating kids as an individual. It, a, a lot of the same ideals go through it. Whereas Mr. Rogers has a little bit more of a religious take, Mr. Dressup does not. And where Mr. Rogers will discuss things going on in real life, like assassination or war or divorce, Mr. Dressup is much more about imaginative play. And it's so all about would... the world to make believe. And where Mr. Rogers, you go on the trolley and leave our world to go to King Friday and whatnot. The imagination is all around us with Mr. Dressup, whether it's the craft we're creating, the picture we're drawing, or the clothes we're putting on to dress up. So he wouldn't touch on those issues. Because that's something that a lot of people are familiar with from Mr. Rogers. Okay. So he was just, like you said, when you watch Mr. Dressup, you're just going into that world and learning about that and not going ahead and, and... touching on a lot of real modern day components at that point in time. That's right. It's a lot of people described it as their safe place as a kid, you know, their, their parents or other stuff in their life weren't so great, but for that half hour, every morning, that was a safe place for, for a kid to feel okay and let their guard down. So we, we definitely go into like the early history where each of the key performers and creators came from and what that was like and how Mr. Dress Up was actually a spin-off show from a much bigger show called Butternut Square that featured four human characters with Mr. Dress Up being one of them. And then budget cuts reduced, you know, to half a set or half a studio space, but just Mr. Dress Up and just the puppets that were ported over from the bigger show. But that first show, Butternut Square, that Dress Up first appeared in was created at, you know, at the suggestion of Fred Rogers saying, hey, you know, Ernie's going to stay here. Why not do a show around his talent? Chief goals would be make sure that everybody remembers Mr. Dress Up and what that show represented and the, and the themes and ideals of it and to carry it forward. Well, I hope so, my friend. I wish you all the best with that. Once again, it's the Mr. Dress Up documentary coming soon from our friends at Zero Cool Films. And you can find out more at ZeroCoolFilms.com coming up soon, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you guess. I don't know. You We're hoping guess. that everything wraps up by the end of the year and that it's available shortly thereafter. Okay. Probably early next year for it to be available. I'm hoping so, my friend, because you know, that's something I want to be more educated about. And as a great representative of the show and a reminder to everyone out there how special it is to many Canadians, it's a great way to educate them around the world about Mr. Dressup and the kind of love that obviously he had 
for Canadians and the Canadians had for him. So it's just something that I, I think a lot of people will be interested to see because, they're, you know, like myself, before you mentioned it, I was one of those individuals that had no idea about the show because I had been so sheltered with Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street. Well, and both of those, you know, entities will play a heavy role in this too. So you'll have some touchstones and some points of view that you'll be able to relate to, you know, Sesame Street coming out in 69 you know, everybody in America knew how what a big deal that was. But how is that ripple effect felt in Canada to shows like Mr. Dress Up? So we talk about that, of course. All right, my friend. A lot is on your plate, as always. And I know that's the way you like it best. So. Well, it's the way that it is. That's the way that it is. Uh, so before you get back to all that legal paperwork that's right beside you right there, once again, best way to get a hold of you, anybody has any questions, wants to know more about what's going on with you, Zero Cool Films, Rob McCallum, and all that great stuff right there for you. So where can people find out more about what's going on in your world? Well, if you want to follow the progress of everything with our Mr. Dress Up documentary, just it's only really on Facebook right now because that's our target demographic, the, the Facebookers. So facebook.com slash Mr. Dress Up documentary. That isn't the title. It's a temp title. We've got a better title cooked up, but this is what we're leading with. So Facebook.com slash Mr. Dress Up Documentary. And if you're trying to get a hold of me, just search out Rob McCallum Films on Facebook. And I'm also on Twitter, at Rob McZob. No TikTok yet? You know, I thought about it, and then I said, I'm good. So, you know, that's the same thing I said, but I don't know. I may actually... Uh lean in and think about doing some tiktok at some point in time not the I'll dance do TikTok. i'll do tiktok when you start carrying bricks up the stairs for me again it's cinder blocks i thought yeah whatever okay whatever indeed once again it's my good friend rob mccallum you got to check out what he's doing today on facebook but also as well zerocoolfilms.com it looks pretty it looks you know pretty slick there my friend yeah, it's just really just some good stuff happening right there at Zero Cool Films. So I'm happy well, for thanks. you. Uh, I'm just, glad I'm glad we got to see it together. <laughs> exactly. Just right there for you. But it's just awesome to see what you're doing, and I appreciate the updates so much. Any pop culture stuff you want to talk about before we head on out? Sure, sure. Where do you stand on all these films coming out for rental for like 20 bucks or 25 bucks or not the option to buy on the digital platforms because of the theatrical experience. Do you think we're going to have theaters in the future? Yeah, at some point in time, they're going to be reduced. Uh, I mean, obviously, this pandemic may speed up that process, but it looks like it's going to be something that's here to stay, despite what AMC and the theater chains that are trying to fight back against Universal for starting it in the first place with Trolls World Tour. It's something that we're going to go ahead and see. Scoob has been played very well. I mean, it's something that's been very popular. The Lovebirds. We got to day out. one. Yep. So, you know, I mean, we, we bought Scoob. I mean, Scoob was twenty five bucks to buy or nineteen to rent. And look, I know we're going to watch it more than once, so I, I couldn't be pinned into the rental win, window. And the same thing would have would have happened with Trolls if they would have opened it up for uh, for a purchase. Uh, it's just they're we're learning more and more about how to utilize that marketplace, and it's going to become even more and more popular. I mean, we're, like I said, we're seeing The Lovebirds, and there's more and more mm. movies that were intended for theatrical release. They're just going to be heading to a digital format. I think it's just – I don't want to say it's going to be the like, definitive Like, you know what the go. theater plans are, right? Like, in July, starting with 10 or whatever you want to call Chris Nolan's film. Yeah. Um, Which is awesome, by the that, way. 
they they want people six seats apart, left and right, and then nobody's going to be in front or behind. Something like twenty five percent capacity, I think it uh, equates out to something like that. But how do you do that with a family when you can only have a maximum of two or three chairs together? Yeah. You've got a family of four, and you've got three chairs together. Where's that fourth person going to sit? Plus, kids are eating popcorn with their hands and putting it on the, you know, the seats and stuff. That's just—it's not going to happen for families. And that four quadrant money that they get from these big tent poles that are that summer fuel revenue just is not going to be there this year, and it's going to change perceptions. And and maybe people will relate it to like a a pre Napster, post Napster kind of conversion in the music side of things. It, we're not going back to the theatrical experience the way it was. It's going to be re, re, like reserved for the ultimate like Star Wars-like films or the Infinity War-like film experiences, and that's it. This but then is, again, I that's mean, going to be on less theaters. Yeah, exactly. So people are going to have to pay that premium to get it, and I think you're going to see the premium just trickle down. You'll you'll be able to go for the you know fifteen dollars a ticket or whatever it is to the theater. But if you want it at home, it'll probably be like a three to four week delay and you'll be spending instead of $20 when it used to come out or $14.99, you're going to be spending 25 to 30 bucks for that for that copy because the window is going to collapse. Yeah, that is something that I think we're going to be able to see pretty soon as well. Uh, so we're seeing a little bit of that already, but you're right. This time next year and the years beyond, I think this coronavirus is ultimately going to change the way we view films as a whole. I, I, I see it. I just don't think it's going to be ever the same once again. I just, I think it's the ultimate nail in the coffin. I mean, for the last 20 years, really since the dawn of HBO turn of the century, when TV started getting amazing and people really liked the long form storytelling serialized shows where we're just gobbling it up and, and binge television, you know, took it up a notch, you know, when Netflix really started to hit its stride in 2012 or so, like this just keeps furthering the need not to go to a theater and spend all that money on overpriced food or that experience with some guy talking behind you or their cell phone lit up in front of you. The content is at home already. I mean, I've already subscribed to Apple TV plus like that should tell you everything. Well, as you once said, and as you say on our promo, Apple could change the way we view our television and our films for that matter. So, yep, they could. Yes, yes. As the promo always tells me when I play it, so I, uh, you know, I'm sure it does. Yes, it, it did. It did create that paradigm shift, as I think the famous words that you said on that promo. So, oh, okay, uh, sure. Yeah, but uh, there's still a lot. What about HBO Max? Are you excited for HBO Max? It won't be available in Canada, so no. Oh, well, then there you go. There's a. <laughs> There's a, they I keep mean, okay. shutting you it, up, man. What's up with that? It, it will be available in Canada, but it won't be the same access. So like in Canada, we don't have HBO now. It, all of HBO's uh, program has been carried over to Crave, which is uh, like a Bell Media conglomerate. So you subscribe to Crave for 100 bucks a year, and you get all the HBO stuff. Okay. That's... On top of like all their originals. Wow. That's, yeah. Uh, they just never give you the same love that they should. What's up with that? You know what? We're on the metric system, and we're paying for it every day. <laughs> okay, my friend. Well, I'll tell you what. It's just been great talking to you, as always. Once again, it's Rob McCallum, the director of the Mr. Dress-Up documentary, also Box Art, the docuseries. Don't forget the Kitty documentary and Action Figure Adventure. He's got so much that you can check out now at ZeroCoolFilms.com. Don't forget Missing Mom. You're still getting great reviews on that one as well. I'm still getting the reviews. Yes. 
people are still making their stories or they're telling you their all their great thoughts i on haven't it. looked i haven't yeah. looked you know the first rule of the internet right don't read the comments there you go well a lot of the comments that i see are still very awesome on that film as well so good i'll tell you what it's it's just so great to hear from you my friend any last thoughts on the way out goodbye <laughs> goodbye indeed it is rob mccallum you got to check out everything that he's doing today at zerocoolfilms.com or just type in rob mccallum on facebook and you'll be able to see all the different things that he's doing out there in fact he's doing some live videos every now and then as he gives you updates on all of his projects so check it out today rob mccallum on facebook can't say rob mccallum films anymore well you can but you know, that's not where you go check out. I know. It's getting so confusing on how to find me. It's, I'm just trying to get away from people. It's becoming dated. I'm going to have to change all my ads. Yeah, we're going to have to get a Zero Cool ad for you somehow. Well, you did mention Zero Cool on one of them, so that's good. Oh, good. Yes, there you go. Well, Rob, it's just been great talking to you as always. Always love catching up with you, and I cannot thank you enough for being a part of the pop culture. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I've got another awesome guest right now coming on to the show. She has been a part of what's upcoming with another great outing for Netflix. That's going to be Concrete Cowboy. I just got the news. It dropped the other day on all the entertainment outlets that Concrete Cowboy starring Idris Elba and my guest today is going to be appearing on Netflix. So you got to check it out. It is Liz Priestley and Liz... <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the program today. It's so great having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show as well. I know Concrete Cowboy is something that, uh, I mean, first off, when you read the story behind it, it's very interesting, intriguing, and obviously having a high-profile name like Idris Elba who here on this show is one of our favorite actors. Just, we put him on everything. Okay. Oh, Johnny Depp's fired. Let's get him there as Grindelwald. Oh, uh, need a James Bond. Oh, let's get him as James Bond. So we always seem to get Idris Elba involved with everything. Not like he's not busy enough this year, but first of all, I just got to get this out of the way because I know what every podcaster asks you, how great was it to work with one of the finest actors on the planet outside of yourself, of course, in Idris Elba. Oh, well, you know. um yeah no he's he's exactly as cool and as charming and as good looking and as sweet and kind as you think he is and that's that's what makes it almost even more devastating because it's like you get you you meet him and you're just like yeah where where is your flaw like you're just a perfect human being you know um no he was he was awesome i mean he i i i actually spent the majority of my time with caleb mclaughlin who plays my son in the movie of stranger things babe i had a lot more time with him but i had about a day and a half with idris and 
you know, I was just like wetting myself. I was so nervous. I was like, I can't believe I, I have to like act opposite this human being and, and, and then be like, you know, not just act opposite, but it's like, I'm his wife and we have this very kind of tortured history and I don't want to give too much away, but you know, so to say the whole plot of the movie is the fact that I'm just at the end of my rope and I'm like, that's it to my son. I'm like, that's it. I've done everything I can for you. I'm going to go dump you on your dad's doorstep in Philly. So, you know, it, it, there's a lot going on with our scenes, but he made me feel very comfortable, which I was so grateful for. And he was so sweet to me. He said to me at one point, he's like, so what would I know you from? And I was like, oh no, this is my, this is my debut. This is my first film. I don't have any other credits. And he was just like, wow, I get to be in your film debut. And I just thought that was like this, this like, like, sir, you clearly have that backwards. I should be sitting here being like, I get to make my film debut with you. You know, it's like, but um, yeah, he was awesome. He and Method Man, who's also in this movie, they were very big hits with the cast, I must say, cast and crew, for sure. Well, absolutely. Like I said, like when you have Idris Elba on one side and you have, well, everybody, you know, he's listed as Clifford Smith, but yes, like you said, Method Man on the other. I mean, yeah. you have this. And then, like you said, you also had Lorraine Toussaint. I mean, that's an all-star cast right there for you. And to be a part of it, I know if you just, you had to be going through the roof when you heard that you got this production, you know, and got to be involved with it. I'll be honest. I was basically in shock until i showed up because i i just was like the whole process like i didn't know at first that i was seriously i, I don't think my manager i don't know if she knew or if she just purposely didn't tell me that you know this is idris elba's wife that you're auditioning for about halfway through the audition process because it was a multiple audition thing but the whole time I was just thinking, I was like, there's no way that there's, there's no way that this unknown from Philly, sure, we'll give her the part. So I had kind of convinced myself the whole time. And, and even towards the end, it was like, they must be looking at me as a stand-in. They're not going to give me this part. And, and then when I got the part, it was just kind of like, really, really? Like, when are they going to come to their senses and be like, no, we can't do that. We got to get her out of here. So the whole time I was just waiting for them to be like, I'm sorry, Liz, we have to let you go. We're so sorry. You're, there's nothing wrong with you. You're great. It's just, you know, we need someone famous. And, you know, like I had to go to horse camp for a day because I have to get on a horse in this in this film and I was afraid to tell them I'm allergic to horses because I was like they're gonna fire me you know what I mean like I was like they're gonna fire me you know and then come to find out that Idris is allergic and Caleb is allergic and a couple other people are also allergic so fine but yeah I just I kept waiting for them to be like what are we thinking get this girl out of here she's terrible so <laughs> well it's a great story for you and uh, I, I'm like I said, I'm just truly thankful that that you were able to go ahead and complete the production. I want you to tell everybody out there about not necessarily any specifics if you need because obviously it's still something to come out on Netflix and it is Concrete Cowboy. It's coming to Netflix in 2021. No specific date yet, yes. but look out for it. You'll get that nice trailer that's going ahead coming up in front of it, I'm sure just before it comes out. But it it details the yes. black horse riding community in and around the Philadelphia area. And that's something I want to really want to hear mm -hmm. more about. 
were you aware of it first off and how much did you get involved with as far as you know the type of study that you had to do before you went on set you know that's a great question because i i had no clue that they even existed until I got this movie. And in fact, in my costume fitting, I jokingly said to the costume designer, so this is a fantasy movie, right? And she was like, no. And I am born and raised here in Philly. I had never even seen, you know, the, the riders going down the streets. So after my thing, I was like embarrassed and I was like, let me do a deep dive real quick and see what I can find out. And it turns out that the black cowboys, so at one point in the country, almost all cowboys were black at one point. And the term cowboy in itself, it's a slavery term. If you worked with cows, you were a cowboy, like a stable boy, house boy, cowboy, that kind of thing. So it started with us. Then Hollywood sort of got the narrative and ran with it and whitewashed us out. And you have, you know, your your John Waynes and Clint Eastwoods and all of those characters that we kind of think of when you think of the cowboy. But these black cowboys have been in major cities around the country since the Civil War. And Philadelphia is one of the more, I would say, prominent ones, even though I didn't, you know, I didn't know about it. And I know a lot of people around me don't know about it. A lot of people I've spoken to about this movie don't know about it. So I'm excited for people to really see the movie because yes, it is a father-son story, but it's set against this really beautiful, you know, historic framework that is all true. And what's really cool about our movie, about Concrete Cowboy, you will see, is that several of the cowboys from Fletcher Street Stables, which is where we shot on location in North Philadelphia, they appear and play cowboys in this movie, including one named Mill Prattis, who plays a lead role, and his story is so gorgeous. And I, I'm not even going to say anything about it because it's such a wonderful storyline. But he is an actual cowboy from North Philly with no acting experience whatsoever. You know, I've got 25 years of theater behind me, so I can at least have that to fall back on. Mill had no acting experience whatsoever. And literally plays like leading role opposite you know method man idris everyone else so it's a really it's a really cool opportunity for people like i'm hoping when people see it they go wait a sec is there a group like that in my city Hi, hang on let me get on the internet and do a little dive you know what i mean that's what i hope people do yeah and, and that's something that obviously is the goal of the movie is to enlighten everyone that there is this community that there are more communities out there that are part of this yeah. and that's something idris wanted to go ahead in interviews he's already talked about that that's one of the driving forces why he made this film is because the fact he wanted to go ahead mm -hmm. and bring to light this type of information to people out there that yes there was this community trying to get rid of these stereotypes and as someone who it just looks like i'm already excited about the film already and i'm looking forward to watching it but i'm really thankful that this film is going to be out there on netflix because it does bring to light and, and kind of takes away a lot of those thoughts that everyone has had those those things that we've been taught those things that we've been told those things would be that have been misinterpreted through time that are totally incorrect and actually yeah. tells you a real side of the story 
Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of people say to me, um, oh my goodness, I don't remember reading this in, in our history class. And I'm like, yeah, and you won't because they're not in the books anywhere, you know? So, and yeah, I mean, Idris and Ricky too, because there's a whole conversation about Ricky Staub, the director who happens to be a white director telling a black story. So there's a lot of conversation around that that people I'm hearing in interviews and stuff. And personally, I have no problem with it because... You know, this is a guy who lived in Philly for almost a decade, who really fell in love with this community. And it was like, you know, he was driving down the street in a cab and saw the, the cowboys and was like, what? He got out of the cab and followed the guy to the stable. And like, we have to tell this story. You know what I mean? So I give much respect to him for that too. And, and that's how he and Idris linked up because they have the same agent or whatever. So, yeah, I'm excited for people to really learn about this community and not just in Philly, although, of course, Philly has a special place in my heart because of, that's where I'm from. But, yeah. you know, like I said, there's there's several across the country and they're losing funding very quickly. And so I hope that this enables people or really just moves people to be like, wait a second. That's a real place. I want to help them. Where do I, how can I help them? Where do I send my money? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they need it. It's keeping our kids off the streets. That's their whole goal. Teach our kids skills, how to bond with, take care of an animal, give them a place to go, skills to use, all that kind of thing. And so I, I love it. And I hope people, I hope people fall in love with it too. Well, you said yourself, you've been working in theater for Close to 30 years, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now this is your first major production as far as from a film standpoint. Has this, or do you yeah. think it will lead you into some more great projects down the road? I hope it does. I mean, you know, I've always wanted to be a film actress. I, all this, All the steps that I've taken with theater and everything else, was always with the idea that it was going to lead me to here. So I really hope that it does open doors. I will be honest, COVID has thrown a wrench into everything, just like everyone else's industry, but it really made things slow down and, you know, change, it changed, it changed everything. I mean, every production I hear of going back into business, I keep hearing within like weeks, it's they're shutting back down, you know? So that makes it hard. Auditions are, are few and far between at this point, which is sad. And, um, you know, so we just don't know. But if this, if ordinarily, if the, there was no pandemic, then ideally, yeah, hopefully this would be, you know, opening some doors and creating some opportunities. So I'm hoping that that isn't lost with this because, you know, I want to, I want to do more. <laughs> I want to do more. <laughs> you want to see that IMDb page go off the page. You want to see that listings yes. right there go off the page. So I don't, I don't blame you a bit. Yeah, I want to brag about, you know, oh, I worked with this director and oh, I had lunch with, you know, Barbara or somebody. I don't know, but <laughs> I want to come on. <laughs> I definitely want to do more. I, I enjoyed it so much. I love the process and it was very much like a dream come true type of situation for me. So yeah, I'm hooked. I want to do more. Oh, I, I spoke to, Shan find a way. Uh, I spoke to Shannon Wilson, actress who has said, yeah. uh, said so much about the, the things that are going on on set and how productions are being delayed and the ones that aren't. 
have a lot to go ahead and and deal with as far as the protections involved so i hear you on that but in your favor is the fact that the movie isn't even out yet so when it hits netflix and you know the type of promotional machine that goes behind one of the projects that they really get behind so i'm hopeful for you on that end that it'll blow up that you know if we can go ahead and millions and millions and millions of people go ahead and watch charlize theron go ahead and shoot up people Chris Hemsworth shoot up people, Ryan Reynolds shoot up people, <laughs> that you can at least take the time to see this. Like The Five Bloods this year. That was a great movie in and of itself, Netflix, that they promoted, that they took the time to go ahead and and push and probably will do so again during award ceremonies and whatnot that you'll be seeing later uh, on this year because it'll probably be on a lot yeah. of 10 best lists and whatnot. I'm hopeful for your movie that will get that same kind of love from Netflix. And I have a feeling with with the kind of, I guess, promotional power that they have when you have 200 million people that are subscribed to the network that you're going to go ahead and get just that. And hopefully it will be that big boost that you're so looking for. I hope so. I mean, you know, Netflix has a pretty good relationship with Idris. I mean, a lot of his projects go through Netflix and he's directed original content for them so, you know, I, I would think they will be hopefully jumping behind it and really, like you said, putting it out there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful. And, you know, in a, in a pandemic situation, a thing like Netflix is kind of the best thing you could ever hope for because everyone's home. And, you know, I have Netflix. I know everybody else I know has Netflix. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, this is a good opportunity, everyone we'll have an opportunity to see it. So I'm I'm excited. We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. Keep your fingers crossed. Fingers are crossed. And I can't believe I'm saying this. It is a much better opportunity than if it went straight to theaters at this point in time. I could not believe in my lifetime I would ever say something like that. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And I said when we were shooting this before the pandemic was even a thing, somebody said to me, well, multiple people said to me, they were like, oh, aren't you so excited? Your parents are gonna be able to go in a theater and see you up there. And I jokingly was like, yeah, well, just my luck. It'll probably end up on Netflix or something. And here we are. And here we so, are. So I learning to be fine with it. <laughs> oh. No, I, I, I think if they did it in theaters now, it would be not seen. Because, I mean, I'm not going to theater. And, and a whole yeah. lot of people are not going to see the movie in theaters as well. I mean, the in, domestically, you have what uh, I think movies, the highest movie that grosses right around 3 or $4 million, which is nothing. It's absolutely That's nothing. That's not a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. The budgets are bigger than that. You know, it's like, hmm. So, no, I'm glad it's going to be Netflix. I don't know if I jinxed myself or what, but I think... In, in this situation, I think Netflix is the best 
of a bad situation, really. But I think, yeah, you know, everybody I know has Netflix. So I, you know, I'm excited for when it comes out. I, I think I'm going to have multiple like Zoom viewing parties or something. And I'll just, you know, maybe the month it'll come out, I'll just be like a, a every weekend, I'll just be like, I'm hosting <laughs> another viewing of Country Cowboy, you know. But no, I'm excited. It should be fun. <laughs> It'd be so funny because any one of your friends that you send those messages out just be like, okay, okay, this is the fourth watch party she's invited me to. <laughs> <sighs> but she's my friend. I got to go ahead and do it and see I, it again. <laughs> I said to my friend, I was like, I really kind of want to watch it by myself the first time so I can like prepare myself. She was like, absolutely not. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, but I have so many people that you know originally were like oh man when that comes out in the theater i'm going with you girl i'm gonna go see with you and i was like cool now we can't do that so i think i think just multiple zoom viewing parties with groups of people and yeah it'll be interesting and i i think it's gonna be very surreal to see it i've only seen 30 seconds and 10 of those seconds was my face like in profile i saw like 10 seconds of my face in profile and i was like and then i've seen the little clip that everyone else saw that was released in september so that's it that's all i've seen it'll be surreal it, it will be surreal i'm sure yeah. for you but it'll be also a great moment for you and i wish you continued <laughs> success off that but one last thing i want to ask you before you head on out and that is this is there anything else that you want to go ahead and promote or plug before we head on out you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not up to much, unfortunately, right now because of the pandemic. So I've just been kind of exploring a different avenue in the meantime while I'm auditioning and continuing to try to get my name out there and stuff. But I am writing, so I'm working on a screenplay and a web series that um, I hope to have out on multiple platforms, but at least YouTube in the coming months. So if you want to check those out, look for those. Otherwise, you just find me on social media, on Facebook, under Liz Priestley, because that's the only social media I have, because I'm boring. <laughs> no, you're just fine. Yeah, I spend most of my time on Facebook as well. As one of my daughters would say, you're still on Facebook? Yeah, you know, I have a 13-year-old also, and she's just, like, shocked that people still use Facebook. And I'm like, I have no time to get into the snapping, tweeting, Instagramming. I was taking Instagrams of my feet being like, Merry Christmas. I don't know, <laughs> I'm boring. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you're not boring, but it is awesome to have you on the show. It is Liz Priestley. You have to check out her work next year when it comes out on Netflix yeah. in 2021, Concrete Cowboy. You gotta look out for it. It is. Like she said, Method Man, because I'm just going to say Method Man because everybody knows him as Method Man and also Idris Elba and so much more. An all-star cast. You got to go ahead and yeah. check out this film when it comes out on Netflix because Netflix is, I'm sure they're just going to blast it all over there for you when it comes out. It is Concrete Cowboy. And, <sighs> and Liz, I will tell you what, it's been an honor having you on the program and I look forward to getting back on. As I see your IMDb list go larger and larger and larger, okay? From your map, Gerald, 
Speak it out there. Put it out there. Yes, yes. <laughs> Get this woman on more Thank movies. So Get much. this woman on more movies. Yes. Let her have the opportunity to break IMDb. There you go. So many opportunities. Uh, yeah. Yes. Let, let's start. A, let's start something way. to get. Yeah. Let's start something to get Liz Priestley uh, there on so many projects to break IMDb. There you go. That's the goal. That's the goal I right there. I love that. I want to break IMDb. What a goal. There I love go. that. Thank you, Gerald. No problem. Glad to help you <laughs> any way I can. But it is Liz Priestley. You got to check out Concrete Cowboy when it comes out next year on Netflix. Liz, I cannot thank you enough for being part of the show today and also being part of the pop culture cosmos. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Thanks so much again for checking out the great interviews that I had with Rob McCallum and Liz Priestley. I hope you had a chance to go ahead and enjoy them if you hadn't heard them before. Before we had it out, I wanted to go ahead and mention that Rob McCallum, his movie that he made, the documentary on Mr. Dress Up, entitled, of course, Mr. Dress Up, The Magic of Make-Believe, that was actually debuted. This past weekend at the Toronto International Film Festival, with all the great films that were there, all the name directors, all the name actors who were part of these projects, most of them obviously couldn't appear because of the strike. It is worth mentioning that my good friend, Mr. Rob McCallum, was honored this past weekend as his film, Mr. Dress Up, The Magic of Make-Believe, debuted to worldwide acclaim at the Toronto International Film Festival. So... On behalf of everyone at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Belinda, Josh, and myself, wanted to go ahead and give Rob a big thank you for giving us one of the first glimpses into Mr. Dress Up and also a hearty congratulations for all your success. I hope the film does wonders for you, my friend, and your family. I'm hoping for the continual updates from you on what's going in the world in the busy world of Rob McCallum. And also as well, I want to thank Liz Priestley. I'm wishing her continued success. Obviously, if you get a chance, she mentioned her time working on the film, working with Idris Elba, working with all the great individuals that made up Concrete Cowboy. I'm hoping you will get a chance to go ahead and check it out today because it's on Netflix. So go ahead and check it out on Netflix today. Concrete Cowboy, it's gotten pretty good reviews over the course of time. Everybody seems to enjoy it, so please go ahead and check out Concrete Cowboy with Idris Elba and my guest on this week's show, Liz Priestley. Hopefully you will get a chance to check it out indeed. But before we head on out, I wanted to give you an update of what's going on in the world of pop culture. I would be remiss if I didn't. I will tell you that The Nun 2, which extends the Conjuring universe... That debuted to a really nice, for a September, showing $32 million here domestically at the U.S. box office and $85 million worldwide in its first weekend, extending the Conjuring success. Any movie relating from the Conjuring series seems to have found success in some form or fashion, and The Nun 2 is no different. So 
Just wanted to give a big shout out to the Nun 2. Hopefully they will go ahead and continue a series because, well, anything relating to the Conjuring Universe, I said the Conjuring Universe has just created so much money and they're relatively cheap to make. It seems like there will be no stopping these Conjuring films from extending its universe forward at a theater near you sometime soon. So looking forward to seeing what we can go ahead and talk about the next time around. The next movie in the Conjuring universe, when it comes out, I'm assuming it's going to come out next year for another one and another one. And as long as you keep buying those tickets, they're going to go ahead and produce more movies in the Conjuring universe indeed. But before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and also mention that my Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 debuted to $10 million in what probably will be the swan song for this series from what was once a huge hit. Does not look like it's going to be anything but this time around. But again, this is another movie series and an IP that's probably run a little bit dry, but you know what? With a name like that, My Big Fat Greek Wedding has done very good success in the past. They had to give it one more try, and unfortunately, it just didn't quite work out this time around. But did want to mention that Barbie and, of course, Oppenheimer are still on the charts. Truly great success stories. And I will tell you right now that when it comes to the three biggest movies of the year, Barbie... Super Mario Brothers movie, and Oppenheimer. The first time in two decades or more that we have not had a sequel in the top three movies for 2023. So far, unless something changes, it looks like Barbie, Super Mario Brothers movie, and Oppenheimer. So definitely a great success for those three movies, but unless Aquaman or the Marvels does something better, looks like those three movies will be the biggest three movies of the year, and None of them are sequels. Hmm, fancy that indeed. Changing opinions and changing tastes for a movie audiences. We'll find out if that continues here in the coming months. So thanks so much again for joining us. Truly appreciate you taking the time out of your day for joining us here. We want to go ahead and mention that on the Friday show, I do have an update on what's going on with Starfield. NBA 2K24 came out this past week didn't get any reviews ahead of time they basically released it on the fly so we'll see if a lot of people are enjoying the game much of it dedicated to kobe bryant we'll see if everybody seems to enjoy it but also as well we'll go ahead and check it out to see if there will be any backlash for any type of microtransactions or anything of that nature so definitely looking forward to talking about that plus all the great things in the world of pop culture as only we could provide you here at the pop culture cosmos so again we want to thank you so much for watching listening if you're not yet subscribed to our youtube channel to our spotify channel or anything that we do out there or five stars on apple Podcasts, we highly encourage you to do so it helps get the word out that the best in pop culture news is always covered by us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for everyone out there on the Pop Culture Cosmos team, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great